everyone, Mike Fleming here, uh, Pizer Johnson, and welcome to uh, this week's edition of the e-commerce, uh, sales tax for e-commerce. Uh, it's a podcast. So uh, lots of breaking news. Um, we uh, had a, a podcast planned, but a little bit of a last minute change here. Oklahoma just announced uh, that they are having a uh, notice and reporting requirements. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, we were originally going to talk about a new strategy that California is employing and, and how to find sellers. And then we're going to talk a, a little bit about click-through nexus if we have some time. So lots to cover today. Um, start off with um, one of our, our salespeople scheduled a consultation uh, for me. Um, and they let me know that uh, the uh, our, our client had received a uh, letter from the state of California. And I thought it was your typical letter that is going out to all FBA sellers. Well, I got on the phone with this particular seller, and he told me that the letter from California, and he showed me the letter, um, it stated that they had actually, uh, you know, state share information um, uh, not only with each other, but with the IRS and different state agencies and, and federal agencies. And this particular letter said that uh, the state of California had received information for the U.S. Uh, Customs and uh, Border Protection Agency that he had been importing uh, goods into the state of California. And California wanted to know if the tax had been paid on those goods. And if not, why not? Where, where had they gone? Were they immediately transferred outside the state? Um, so this is just another way of California saying, okay, we need money. How are we going to get it? Uh, and their discovery unit is reaching out to uh, federal agencies. Um, so for any of those of you who are doing any importing into the state of California, this letter went to the customs broker. It was addressed to the client, to the taxpayer, um, but uh, it, it actually went to the customs broker who forwarded it on to uh, the taxpayer. Taxpayer then picked up the phone and, and called us, and uh, I got on the phone after that. So um, the state already knows that you have uh, inventory or goods in the state of California, uh, they want to know what happened to that. And if you're telling them you sent it to Amazon or you kept it in a warehouse there or, or for whatever reason, uh, that now creates nexus with the state of California and California is going to want their sales tax. Um, and probably not just for that uh, one particular period they're asking about, um, but they are, they are generally going to follow up with a nexus questionnaire saying, how long have you been uh, participating in these types of activities? So uh, just one more reason. States are fi continuously improving the ways that they can track down, and not only FBA sellers, but they're looking for all types of companies out there. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, this just goes to show you, I know a lot of FBA sellers uh, import from China, import from other countries, and this is just another way uh, that we now have to be worried about a state finding us. So that's the one thing I wanted to put out there and let everyone know about. Uh, the second is this notice and reporting. And for those of you who are not familiar, haven't seen any of the previous podcasts, uh, notice and reporting is, I think, is one of the most egregious things that states do. Um, if, 
you know, there's no warehouse in a state or, you know, an Amazon warehouse, or if you don't have any nexus in a state, then that state cannot require you to collect sales tax on its behalf. And nexus is just the fancy term that we use for uh, some sort of link or connection with the state. So if you don't have a link or a connection with the state, then the state can't require you to collect uh, their sales tax. Uh, this link or connection is, is often created by having inventory in the state. So uh, we talked about this uh, in Rhode Island. Amazon turned over everyone's information to the state of Rhode Island. Uh, then you had to make a decision. If you had more than 200 transactions in the previous 12 months, then uh, you either had to comply with these notice and reporting requirements uh, there were four of them in Rhode Island, and they basically said you got to have a notice on your website that says, hey, we're not registered to collect tax, so you, the customer, you've got to self-assess and pay that tax to Rhode Island yourself. Uh, at the time of checkout, they got to get a second notice uh, within 48 hours of the uh, transaction closing, then... Uh, they have to get a third notice, and then by January 31st of every year, they have to get a fourth notice if they have purchased more than $100 from you throughout the year. And um, there's a $10 penalty for each one of these notices missed, but it, it, it's pretty egregious. The fines, minimum fine in Rhode Island is $10,000, even if you miss just one. So... Um, a lot of people say, well, hey, I don't even have enough of a connection with this state where they can require me to collect sales tax. How in the world can they, you know, want me to jump through all of these extra hoops? Well, uh, this has actually been in the courts the last seven years. Colorado was the first state to introduce this. They did it back uh, in 2010, um, tied up seven years, went to the U.S. Supreme Court twice. U.S. Supreme Court said this is not a tax. So they send it back to the lower court, and the lower court upheld for the state of Colorado. That um, was then sent back to the U.S. Uh, Supreme Court. They refused to hear it the second time. Um, it became effective in Colorado last January, excuse me, last July. July 1st is when it became effective. Since that time, a number of states have been uh, jumping on board. This is really an end run around Nexus. It's If you've got Nexus, um, the state's going to go after you for sales tax because you've got Nexus. If you don't have Nexus, this physical presence Nexus that we've been talking about, the inventory in a state, that's what this is targeted at. Um, so, uh, you know, generally, it's a lot cheaper just to get registered because once you're registered, um, then... Um, you don't have to jump through all of these extra hoops. You're not facing all of these extra potential penalties. So anyway, that's the background. Uh, Amazon has given uh, seller information over to the state of Rhode Island. What we just learned today is that effective June 1st, Oklahoma is the next state to go ahead and have these notice and reporting requirements. Now, there are no warehouses in uh, Oklahoma right now. So if you're just looking at the traditional nexus, this inventory or uh, creating nexus that uh, is a big issue for a lot of FBA sellers, Oklahoma is not on your radar. All right. As of now, it should be. What uh, the, the brief uh, information I just looked at states that if um, your sales in the preceding 12 months exceed $10,000, 
then um, you need to uh, go ahead and either comply with the notice and reporting requirements or get registered. Um, if you don't comply with these notice notices that need to be sent out to the to the state, there's a minimum uh, $20,000 penalty. So $10,000 in sales can create a uh, $20,000 penalty. It's worded very similar to Pennsylvania and Washington. So could be a, a big issue for a lot of sellers out there. Um, I don't know how Amazon is going to react. Maybe they'll start collecting tax in the state of Oklahoma. Um, but that doesn't solve your problems if you're selling on your own website or uh, any of these uh, uh, eBay is is not complying with uh, any of these rules yet, so we'll see how this starts turning out. I'll have more information on on this next week. Uh, as I said, I, I just learned of this right before this this podcast here. So something we definitely need to take a deeper look at, um, and uh, you know, twenty thousand dollar penalty for ten thousand dollars in sales just doesn't make sense to me. Um, we're probably going to recommend uh, getting registered in Oklahoma to have, uh, avoid having to uh, deal with these types of issues. All right, so uh, we'll get you uh, more updates on that. Uh, right now, let's uh, talk a little bit about click-through Nexus, uh, or is it sometimes called affiliate Nexus? And we've been getting a lot of questions on this. I actually did a, a, a webinar with uh, TaxChar earlier this week. And uh, we had a number of questions about whether, um, you know, if I'm an FBA seller, you know, does click-through nexus apply? Well, let's get back up a little bit here. Let me give you a little bit of background on how click-through nexus came about, what it is exactly, um, and uh, then maybe we can understand the answer. We'll go over some of the different aspects, how different states look at this. So. Um, back in 1967, there was a U.S. Supreme Court case. So this is is not something new. Uh, for those of you who have seen my podcast, have listened to me speak before, you may hear me refer to Tyler Pipe. And Tyler Pipe is an important case uh, from the U.S. Supreme Court because what they said there is even third parties, people who don't even represent you exclusively, they can represent multiple entities they can create nexus for you if they're helping you to establish or maintain a marketplace. And the reason why that language is so important, help you establish or maintain a marketplace, is because the states picked it up and they incorporated it directly into their statutes or uh, wrote it into their regulations or they use it to provide guidance. Or when they're thinking up ways to uh, collect more money, how to connect you to their state, this is one of the things they rely on. So in that scenario, there was one independent contractor and uh, the state was Washington. The company was uh, based in Texas. They had one independent contractor in the state of Washington. And they said, you know, hey, it's, you know, they, they don't work for us part time. They barely get us any business. And unfortunately, the Supreme Court sided with the state of Washington and said, yeah, uh, they're, they're helping you to establish or maintain a marketplace. So that's Nexus creating. Flash forward, 2008. State of New York looks at Amazon and they said, you've got all of these relationships. You know, all these people live in New York. They're writing blogs. They're, they're. However, they're getting the information out there um, and they're allowing people to go from their website to the Amazon web 
website, usually through some sort of link. That's why we call this click-through. It doesn't have to be a link. It's really any remote referral service. But the most common way is through a link. And um, if someone buys something within a certain period of time, then they're paid some sort of commission or referral fee. So the state of New York said, you know what? If one independent contractor can create Nexus because they're helping to establish or maintain a marketplace, how about a whole state full of people? And uh, Amazon, excuse me, uh, uh, New York went after Amazon and Overstock.com. And uh, both of those companies said, you're out of your mind. You got to have physical presence. And it went to the highest court in New York. Highest court in New York agreed with uh, New York Department of Revenue. And basically said, yeah, they're helping you to establish and maintain a marketplace. We, we've got a U.S. Supreme Court precedent to, to look at here. So uh, the Overstock.com and Amazon appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court, who refused to hear the case. So from 2008 on, we had a lot of companies, excuse me, a lot of states jumping on the bandwagon. And um, generally... Um, you know, there's got to be some sort of threshold, but it's not a per relationship threshold. Um, it's the, the uh, total of all of your sales from this type of relationship inside a state. So most of the thresholds are attended. So if you have an affiliate program or you have some sort of click-through nexus program, you're allowing people to send you business and you're paying them a, a referral fee, then uh, if the total of all those relationships on sales into New York exceed uh, $10,000, then New York says you have nexus there. Um, every state that has passed this, there's 20 some odd states right now, has some sort of threshold. Some states are really low, like Connecticut has a $2,000 threshold. Some states are a lot higher. Um, you know, Georgia, their threshold is $50,000. Most of the states, though, are, are going to be at $10,000. There's a couple at $5,000. Um, so this is something that is, is really, really important. And it's another way that states find you. I mean, every state has a discovery unit out there. And, you know, one of the things states traditionally do is troll the websites, they troll the Internet. Um, and they're looking for websites that, you know, make it look like you're doing business in another state. And this is one of the things that they look at. When we were doing the amnesty program, there were so many people, you know, the amnesty, uh, the MTC amnesty that waived all back taxes um, said that you couldn't have nexus for any other reason. And this is Nexus for another reason. So if you had this on your website, it was too easy for the uh, to state to come back and, and say, hey, you know, this program's invalidated. They wouldn't know that until after you disclosed yourself. So a lot of people had to cancel their programs or um, at the very least take it off their websites. So this is something that can create Nexus um, for anybody out there who has it, not just FBA sellers. Um, so it's something you need to be aware of. Number two, though, uh, like this gentleman asked on, on the webinar, well, I'm an FBA seller. Do I have to worry about this? Well, it depends on what you mean by that question. Um, people going to Amazon, no, you don't have to worry about that. That creates nexus for Amazon. That's not creating nexus for you. Um, in order for it to impact you, 
you would have to have your own website or, or somehow steering people directly to you, not to someone else who then passes it on to you. It's got to be steering business directly to you for which you pay some sort of uh, referral fee for specific performance. In other words, a sale has to close. And that's what distinguishes this from something like a Google AdWords. A lot of people say, well, I'm clicking on a link. And therefore, this must create nexus. And, and no, unfortunately, Google AdWords, uh, that's more like advertising. So you're not paying for specific performance. You're just paying for someone to click on a link. So that's generally going to be treated as advertising and not this click-through nexus. So uh, I know I'm throwing a lot of information out there uh, for you uh, today. Um, I'm going to share a chart with you in a minute, and, and that'll be a part of this podcast that you can refer back to. But I want to talk about Pennsylvania because um, there'll be some states where it's pretty clear they've passed a special statute because of uh, uh, New York's success. Uh, but then there are some states like Pennsylvania. And Pennsylvania has said, we've always said, you know, since 1967, you know, we've, we've been taking the position that if you're helping to establish or maintain a marketplace, that it's nexus creating in Pennsylvania. So we don't need a special statute. We don't have to go back and, and do anything different. Um, this is the same concept that we've, we've always believed in. So I call those the stealth states. So charts are a good place to start. Um, they can make you aware of where there are potential problems. They can let you know what the thresholds are in those states, but you got to worry about the, the, the stealth states. So Pennsylvania is going to be one of those. The chart says it may create nexus. I can tell you that in Pennsylvania, it does create nexus. So um, just a couple of things to, to look out for. Let's, uh, let's go to the chart right now so that you can uh, see what it does look like. I'm going to share my screen. And I've lost my chart. And it's back. Okay. So here's the uh, the chart. And, you know, you can see we have different columns here. So, you know, for each state, um, it's going to give you an answer, may create nexus. You know, there's comments out to the ride, there's citations. Um, you can't click on the citations, but this is where the answers will, will be. Um, you have to be a part of the service in order to be able to, to click through. But let's look at like uh, state of Arkansas. Um, so the notes say click-through nexus created if a seller enters into agreement with Arkansas residents under which the resident for, con for consideration refers purchases via link on internet, website, or seller. So it clearly tells you it creates nexus here. I don't tell you what the, uh, the threshold, but in Arkansas, the threshold is $10,000. Um, California, it's $10,000. Um, but there's a second portion in here. Total sales have to exceed a million dollars in California. So each one of these laws has, you know, as with everything, it's a little bit different from state to state. Uh, I mentioned Connecticut earlier. Um, you'll see in here that creates nexus uh, to sales that occur after May 4th um, of 2011. So for the last uh, seven years uh, almost, 
uh, it's been uh, Nexus Creating Activity in Connecticut. Um, and you'll see in the factors and comments uh, that the $2,000 threshold um, is there. So that's the lowest threshold that I know of. Uh, Pennsylvania doesn't name a threshold. They just said, hey, it creates Nexus. We don't have to have it spelled out. You know, um, you know a lot of states say may create Nexus. If it's may create Nexus, you got to worry about that stealth. You know, uh, do they consider people that are helping to establish and maintain a marketplace to be Nexus creating? So that's why I say charts are a great place to start. Um, however, you, you don't want to use them to make any final decisions. Um, so a lot of states comes out and it says does not create Nexus. Um, let's, uh, I mentioned Georgia. Georgia was $50,000. Let's uh, see if I can uh, be alphabetical here and tell you where Georgia. All right. So it uh, tells you it does create Nexus. But then in the factors and comments, you can see that um, it provides you with this uh, $50,000 uh, threshold. And it's, it's not $50,000 from one person who's referring your business. It's $50,000 uh, from all these types of relationships uh, in the state of Georgia um, during the preceding 12 months. So um, I hope that this, uh, this helps some of you out here, answers some of the questions um, I know that uh, on these podcasts, we like to keep them, you know, right around 20 minutes or so. So not a whole lot of time to go deep into this. If you have any follow-up questions, the best way to get a question to me directly is to go to LinkedIn. Uh, ask to be my friend and, and then go ahead and, and send me a, a question through LinkedIn. Um, you can also go to our website. Um, it is www.salestaxforonlinesellers.com. And uh, you can submit questions through that. And you'll probably be contacted by a member of my team uh, to help uh, set up a consultation or something along those lines. Uh, so if you want to, um, you know, reach out to me directly, then the best way to do that is just shoot me a question through LinkedIn. And that's all I have for you today. Uh, again, I hope that uh, these uh, podcasts are helpful for you. And, um, Look forward to uh, talking to you next week, and, and next week we'll know more about Oklahoma. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.